I'm Markus. I am owner of Solar Powered Games. I am developing um, high risers together with Nico. Exactly. Hi, I'm Nico. I'm the game designer of high risers from Solar Powered Games. And you're listening to the podcast of Scene World Magazine. Hey, it's the Scene World Podcast. My name is AJ, and I haven't shaved in like five days. Um, and well, that's that's Jurg who has shaved today. So we're right, right on a weird opposite opposite <laughs> world today. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm getting vaccinated tomorrow for the first time, Welcome and I'm to the club. To, and I want to be FFP two conform. Mm-hmm. Which, which, uh, what's the vaccine you're getting? Uh, the BioNTech Pfizer. Okay, okay, cool, cool. I got yeah. Moderna, which I believe is similar. It's similar. It's similar. Um, we would like to. Uh, we should take a moment to encourage all of our listeners to actually get the vaccine. Because I was, you know, as part as part of my job, I have to take part in these, you know, webinars and stuff where we follow the progress of everything going along, and we need to have. About 70 to 90 percent of the population are vaccinated to reach herd immunity. Right yeah. now in the U.S., we have about 44 percent of the population has w- at I least know. one shot. That's not, it, you know, and, and people are now canceling because of the thing that happened with um, the, the uh, um, Johnson and Johnson, AstraZeneca, whatever it was, shot. Both. Yes. Yeah, both have the same problem. Yeah, right, right, and- but. And it's only applicable those problems for people younger than sixty. Right. You can get blood clotting in right. your brain re- veins. Yes, but and it that was, can actually cause strikes. But it was actually stuff. causing people to cancel their appointments to get the Pfizer, for Moderna, the everything else. Yeah, because they're just afraid of it. And the thing but is here's that the thing. even after one shot of of Moderna or Pfizer, you're at eighty percent, which is better than you would have mm, with, with depends. Yes. For for um, for BioNTech, Pfizer say you you are effectively sixty five percent. Okay, that's, but but again but, with the, with the AstraZeneca and 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 uh, Johnson and Johnson, sixty five is what you got, all you know at the end of it. So even after one shot of the others, you're better off than with the one shot of that. So it's if right. you're if you're if you're only gonna do one shot, then then do it. <laughs> yeah, but. Still, still, even if it's sixty-five percent only, yeah. it still means there the chance of getting a, a long COVID, mm-hmm. so long-term side effect, which is yes. called in the medical term long COVID, is nearly zero right. because you are protected good enough. Mm-hmm. And and actually, actually, if the um, AstraZeneca has sixty-five, depends on the calculation. Right. Here in Germany, right. they did a recalculation and figured out it's eighty. Five, not sixty-five. Okay. And um, well, there are countries like Denmark who now uh, today announced they will not do Johnson Johnson either. Yeah. Which many virologists thinks is is a mistake. I think that's a mistake as well. Because because the um, the um, the side effects were only for fourteen people worldwide. Right, yeah, it, a very, very small amount of people uh, out of out of everyone that got that got the shot, you know. And it's right. it's, I understand being um, cautious with it, but at the same time, you know, we're going on we're we're over a year 
Right. Where we're essentially just locked down, and it's getting right. ridiculous. This needs to end. I know, I know. And the thing is that um, while well, Denmark is stopping to use uh, Johnson Johnson and AstraZeneca, they are actually selling AstraZeneca to Germany. <laughs> and here in Germany, we get it. Uh, people 60 and above are yeah. getting AstraZeneca because the um, uh, the side effects were only for younger people, right, younger right. than that, and and the uh, um, the WHO um, got got also some doses and gave them away for free to um, Ghana and Tanzania, mm -hmm. uh, and that started m March first, so like two months ago and two days at right. the at the day of this recording, so. Um, I spoke to a And the person. Africans are using it, are taking it with open hands. Yeah. yeah I spoke to a person that uh, was actually worked at a doctor's office and as a receptionist. And um, she mentioned that she hadn't gotten the vaccine. And I said, you know, can I ask why? And she didn't want to go into specifics because, you know, she's working. But essentially, there's she thinks there's a chip in it that will allow the government to track yeah. you. And it's like... Right. Yeah, I spoke to somebody from Nigeria, and she is like 20, and she also had this thing like, mm -hmm. don't get it because of uh, Bill Gates. And then I had then I had a conversation two weeks ago with somebody from in in, in German it's Madagascar. Madagascar, yeah, that's right. Ma Madagascar, yeah, Madagascar, right. Mm -hmm. um, Madagascar. The thing is, yeah. people are concerned that that the government is going to be able to track you. They already can. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> they don't need a vaccine to do it. Yeah. Well, it's, there's no there's no microchip in none of the vaccines. I know. Yes. And then yes. and then people say then other people say if Sputnik is coming to Germany, there's no chance they are getting that because of Putin. And I'm like, well, I don't think you really have a choice, and you should have a choice. I mean, pretty sure. It's working too. Yeah, right. Yes. I mean, I mean, he wouldn't have given I, it to his own daughter if it was not working. Yeah, now people are, are concerned right now with with saving the lives of their own people, and so like the Sputnik one was developed for Russian for the Russian people, you know, under Putin. But you know, okay, so he's not a great. But the thing is that that like if if King Kim Jong Il developed a freaking vaccine. You know, or had people develop a vaccine, it still it would still work because the idea is to, to, you know, to protect people. You can't be a horrible dictator over thousands of people if there aren't thousands of people to be a horrible dictator over. <laughs> right, right. That's yeah. that's always killed me about these these movies where there's always a bad guy that just wants to like destroy the world or like destroy the continent or whatever, and it's like, why? What well, what's the, what do you accomplish? What's the point mm. of, of, of world domination if you're going to kill everyone that's in the world? That doesn't make any sense. Except if you selected. Right. But it doesn't make any sense because it's like you can't, you know, you can't be all powerful and stuff if everybody's dead. Well, we should be glad enough that, that um, everywhere around the globe, everybody is going to get it for free. If you have health insurance or not, if you live in Africa, if you live in other poor countries, if you live in rich countries, um, doesn't matter. 
You yeah. can get it well, as long as sooner they go, or later. At as least. long as they go and do it, that's that's the right. main part. That's, you they have you have to actually go out and get it, and right. that's what people are are exactly are just getting stuck up with. Yeah, and I was shocked to hear that those rumors and um, um, uh, well, um, conspiracy theories were spread over Nigeria and Madagascar. And I was like. Why? Yeah, because internet. Everybody has access to the internet. Everybody, more and more people speak English and can understand what other ill-minded people are writing and saying. Yeah, yeah, that's we we live we live in a society. In the global society. Yeah, yeah. I know. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway, uh, we are not a medical podcast, so. But we are talking about world events today because we are talking with um. The Uncensored Library again. We we talked with them a while back, but we're now we're going into um, there's they they've spread uh they they've added uh additions to the building for Brazil and uh what was the other place? Belarus. Belarus. The two exactly. B two B countries. Exactly, exactly. So we are talking today with the director of the office over there in uh, South America. And that would be Emmanuel Colombia. And nice. um, we will be talking about the press freedom and the lack thereof um, in Brazil. Yeah. 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 That sounds uh, awesome. And and you'll be able to see me stumble my way through Minecraft um, right. while we do it. And just um, because today is the day of press freedom may 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 third today i actually got in the post um the new map the updated map of the state of press freedom worldwide 2021 a map and if we have a digital version somewhere on the internet you will find it here in this video cool yeah awesome so and they they actually timed it so it would it would be delivered by the post service just on the right day. Impressive. Very nice. So before we go there, uh, there are probably some news that we have. I'll let you begin because you've got more than right, 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 right. Okay. Well, number one thing is that uh, the 30th anniversary of the Shade City release. The t- um, the piece of music that Chris Hillsbeck got into the music industry, um, the um, video game industry as a musician, because he won the um, the um, 64er composer competition in '86, and the CD release was obviously 30 years ago. So you can get the digital version from Bandcamp and name your price and get it. Okay. And on any other releases, if you're using the download code Shades Thirty Years, that's Shades Three O as a as a number years, you can get thirty percent off your purchases. Cool. So, congratulations, Chris. Very nice. Very nice. Well, and um. In the last podcast, we had the news that Monstro Giganto 
had his um, third batch yeah. as pre-order. It yeah, sold yeah. out. And I already um, I already spoke to James a monk man and he said that um, in a couple of weeks there will be a fourth batch after he bought the new parts. Okay. So that means now it's 300 units physical units are sold cool. totally very nice so looks like we have another um kicking ass release on the toes of sam's journey nice yeah yeah nice nice and well as we said last time it's just impressive because uh, it's so much digital samples in it impressive yeah well the whole thing is impressive because again like I yeah said, like i said it's not it's not easy to move character graphics around that, like that as yeah, someone who has tried yeah. true yeah. well and the other bits is a reminder you can still get a free beta access key from us <laughs> if you email us podcast at scenewell.org for the pie packer that was our last podcast yeah and uh, Oh, get yes. it. It's nice. AJ and I, we tried it, and we loved it. So, mm -hmm. there you go. And that would be all from me. So... Yeah, I've got, uh, I got one piece of news here. It's just a really quick one. That a new version of uh, U64 Streamer has been released. Which lets nice. you stream video frames from the Ultimate 64. Um, nice. Which, you know, so that was, that was released, I guess, on... Uh, at, towards the end of June, uh, end of June, we're not there yet. End of March. So it's actually a little, little old, but I'm just finding out about it now. I've kept, I've been a little out of it lately. Well, I mean, they are pretty similar those months. They are yeah. both starting with an M. Yeah, true, true. So. <laughs> June. Yeah. And March. Exactly. Exactly. But either way, there's a new. There's a version that is newer. For Windows, there's a Linux version. There's not a Mac version, so if anyone is a Mac developer, maybe you want to take this on because I'd like to stream. You say it. it's it's newer, not newer. Yes. Oh, we mm -hmm. are oh, yeah. going with lame jokes oh, today. Boy. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. Well, well, so yes, let's put this let's one to go bed. To, let's go to <laughs> Brazil, Emalo El, Colombia. Wow. Uh, 30 degrees. Uh, Recording is on. Oh, hey. <laughs> nice. Great. <laughs> we are having another guest, and this is actually the second part of an interview we did last year with the Colors Without Borders Germany, Christine Besse. And today we have um, Emmanuel Colombier from Reports Without Borders, Latin America. Right. Exactly. And you are the um, director and manager, so actually the head, the lead of the office over there. Yes, indeed. I am, I am coordinating all the activities of Reporters Without Borders in the region, so uh, from Mexico to the south of uh, Argentina. So I'm uh, coordinating all activities of advocacy, communication, as, as assistance uh, uh, among other things, but uh, I am in charge of. Uh, uh, I'm like 
leading with a, uh, a smaller RSF locally. So I'm uh, the coordinator and the voice of, uh, of RSF in the, in the region. Hmm. Yeah, interestingly, um, so you were part of the team, I guess, that actually expanded the um, uncensored library which is kind of um, a library that offers uncensored documents from all over the world. And it was actually expanding to um, two more countries this March. And um, despite it was announced to be Latin America, it, I was a bit wondered because uh, the second country was actually Belarus. And I thought like, that's not really in that region. <laughs> so. I don't know. I don't know if that was intentional to focus more on Brazil in the announcement. But uh... well, we, we, we had a we had a public event to announce the opening of these two new rooms. Uh, but th there was there was no uh, uh, will to have a, a specific Latin America uh, uh, focus. We decided to go with Belarus and and Brazil for. Um, for structural uh, and quite obvious reasons, uh, considering the situation that these two countries with, with very different contexts, uh, but uh, the situation that the, these countries are facing regarding the uh, freedom of the press and, uh, and judicial uh, harassment of journalists. Because as you may know, in Belarus, a lot of, of, uh, of journalists are, are being sued. Uh, more recently, in Brazil, it's a, t it's a tendency for several, uh, since several years. But with the, the president uh, Bolsonaro at power, we are ob observing, unfortunately, a raise of uh, uh, judicial harassment against uh, against the journalists. So we decided to to, to open these two, two uh, newsrooms, uh, two rooms at the same time, and and we made a specific event with uh, the, the the media outlets that, that were censored. Uh, the two media outlets uh, that were censored, we, we had a specific event to talk about uh, about, uh, about Brazil. Yeah. So uh, it was a, a, a new step with this wonderful project, but in the next, uh, in the next year we will still opening new rooms in, 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 in other countries because uh, uh, almost all countries in the world we are observing this kind of, of, uh, of censorship through the judicial way. Yeah, I, I asked this this question a year ago to Christine already. How does it feel for you to be involved in kind of a video game that is used to transport your message? I mean, that is something you probably didn't think you would talk about when you started your position at Reporters Without Borders to suddenly be involved in, in kind of video games. <laughs> you know? No, it's, it's, it's fantastic. Uh, it's fantastic to have such a project, and and uh, to be uh, to be clear, it's a project that was uh, uh, made with from from, uh, from our the German section in Berlin. Uh, and um, last year, the success of the first version of the campaign was uh, huge uh, everywhere in the world. It's a new way to approach uh, a new audience uh, and to to reach a new audience uh, to talk about uh, such. Topics which are not in the, in the, uh, not very visible in the in the, the traditional media. So it was for us a new way to reach a, a new audience and to talk about censorship in a, a funnier way. Uh, and uh, in Brazil, the the uh, there is a lot of of of, uh, of uh, young uh, video game players. It's a very big community. 
And it was fantastic for us to have this new room here because uh, it allows us, as I said, to talk about something that can be a bit technical, but through the, uh, the, the perspective of a video game. So um, it has, it has a, a, huge, a huge success and it's for, for us um, a very surprising because we, 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 we do press releases, we do try to talk with uh, the government about the problem of censorship. We do produce some recommendations, so we do some uh, technical analysis, we have some classical ways to communicate and to advocate for, for press freedom. But uh, with, with this kind of initiative, with this kind of campaign, it's, it's original and it brings a new uh, attention to the, to the work that we are doing and, and, and mostly to the message that we want to spread, that it's very important to support uh, journalism, independent journalism. So uh, it's... Um, it's really a, a fantastic way to, to, to pass our message to a new, a new community, uh, to uh, mostly a, a new and younger audience. This is fundamental because doing it, we are kind of educating the young audiences to, the, to, this, uh, to this subject. So it's, um, it's, uh, it's a really great tool of, of advocacy for us, another one. Uh, so we are very happy with this, with the, this project. It's interesting. I mean, Belarus, it's known that there is a problem with press freedom. But when, when I asked around my Brazilian friends that are living in Brazil, they told me nobody was aware. They didn't even hear about such an issue. And and I think during the conference, even AJ was surprised and even yeah. angry at some point. Yeah, what, yeah. what the stuff, um, the press people, the journalists were actually talking the stories, you know, yeah. and... Um, we were sitting there in disbelief, you know, <laughs> that's yeah. uh, really, really uh, intense. So it seems the president is good in co covering it up, um, considering the population, the general public doesn't really know about it so much, if, if even. Well, yeah, it's, it's, it's uh, not easy to, to talk and to talk about press freedom in, in the, the in Brazil since the arrival of, of, of Bolsonaro because um, he has a very clear strategy uh, to silence all the critical voices. Uh, it's a very organized system uh, that starts from the, the top uh, of, the, of the hierarchy, uh, that it's from the presidency and the family of the president. There is a clear strategy to silence any kind of, uh, of, uh, of critical voices uh, and, uh, and to do that, they have a very aggressive technique is to, 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 uh, to harass, to denounce, to insult uh, the journalists, mostly on the social networks, and, uh, and spread the idea that uh, the, the, the media outlets that are critic criticizing the government are, as it used to be made by the President Trump, uh, these outlets are uh, just basically producing fake news. So he's trying to create the image that of the press as an enemy of the people, as the enemy of the country. Mm -hmm. And as he has a very strong community of supporters organized on the social networks, uh, this message is, uh, is uh, gaining uh, importance and visibility in the country. So there is a, a very a big problem of trust regarding the work of the media at the moment. And the, 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 the proper government, the president and his sons, uh, are spreading this message on a day-to-day -day basis. Uh, no, there is no one single day without an attack from the, the government, the presidency, 
against journalists that denounced uh, uh, any any kind of uh, misconduct, any kind of, of problem related, for example, at the moment with the the, the managing of the of the the sanitarian crisis. So it's uh, it's um, it's a it's a big problem because uh, we have to restore, uh, from our perspective, from the civil society, we have to restore uh, the, the trust. Uh, uh, on the media and explain that it's fundamental for any kind of democracy to have a critical, independent uh, press, that it's very important to have a pluralism uh, in the magical uh, horizon, uh, mediatical horizon, sorry. Uh, and uh, it's, it's more important than ever uh, to defend the right to inform uh, in, in, uh, in a situation of sanitarian crisis, the right to be informed and to inform is as important as uh, the right to, to wealth. So it's um, it's a complex moment that we are um, we are being through. Um, sorry for my English because I uh, I'm doing some no problem. No the problem. Uh, it's not live, so this will be yeah. edited anyway before we publish it. So it's all okay. But but it's uh, it's um, we are facing a, a very organized system uh, aimed at silencing any kind of, of, of critical voice. And in, in such a big country, it's a, it's, a, it's a huge problem. So we are working on several projects, campaigns, initiatives, recommendations to, to do this education uh, and to explain why it is uh, more than necessary to defend uh, press freedom and, and mostly to defend the right to inform in such a complicated period. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I noticed after the last interview we did in, in uh, last March, last year, um, I received a letter in November from from the office in in Berlin asking if I want to join, you know, the association, you know, and um, and donate to the cause, you know, of press freedom. I was like, well, that's interesting. I never gave you my postal address, so I guess you read it in the imprint of our homepage. So we're really good at following up with people that that interviewed you in the past and i was very pleased and then I, when, I, when i got the email about the invitation as as you are yes and <laughs> and 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 then then i got the, the invitation to this um to this um presentation so i was very very happy to see you're really following up but of course i only understood the reason and the whole picture after the the live event was done you know, before I didn't really had an idea why you are doing all those little things, little emails, letters, and so on. I, I just understood it afterwards. But but there's one thing we both wondered. Um, during the live event, uh, Christine said, like, the uh, internet connection, uh, the live stream was interrupted. And I was I was wondering, like, why, why she says internet is interrupted that doesn't make sense because the conference went on so i i i wonder if that was kind of a plan to to have a, to have a live stream event and then say okay but the real reason is to get the press people from all over the world uh, together to talk about the situation in brazil because um as as I understood the event, it was ten percent uncensored library and ninety percent stories from uh, Brazilian press people. Mm -hmm. But that was just an assumption. I, I just found that like after seven minutes, like pfft, every the live stream was cut and like <laughs> I don't know, I don't know why. Um, 
It, it, it was not a plan. It was, <laughs> it was not a plan. Not a plan. Okay. No, no, no. We just had some technical. We just had some technical uh, little problems in in Berlin. Uh, so no, it was not. It was not the plan. But you can access to the all uh, contents of the live now on the YouTube uh, page of uh, of RSF uh, Germany. Uh, but no, it was it was unfortunately uh, a bad day for internet connection, but not, nothing else than that. Ah, okay, okay. Well, I thought perhaps it was planned this way, <laughs> like like yeah. a secret like secret secret cover cover up event. <laughs> I can I can't reveal all the secrets, but no, there is no secret uh, here. No. You know, Bolsonaro reaching to Germany, to Berlin, cutting cutting off internet connection stuff. I was like, well, no, his power probably doesn't reach that far. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah, no. yeah. Okay, interesting, interesting. Yeah. Um, so, do you already have any feedback, any changes, any progress? I mean, it was just a few weeks ago, but. Uh, Do you did you already get feedbacks from people or or isn't that even yet released these new these new rooms? Well, um, we had uh, quite a, a great uh, covering of the, of the event itself, but mostly uh, in the national press. It took a little time, to be honest. Uh, because, because I, I was saying it uh, earlier, it's not a topic that is uh, that discussed. And uh, RSF has a great visibility in Brazil, but Brazil is a huge country, so the time for uh, uh, news to circulate can 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 be a bit a bit long. Uh, but it was a good surprise for us, but because after a few days uh, we spread. Obviously, we have a communication plan anytime we launch a campaign in here in the, in the region. Um, but we had a great coverage um, of the of the event and of regarding the opening of this of this room. But it took more time than than it used to take. Uh, but we are quite happy with the covering we have. Uh, anytime we do such a, a communication plan, we, we do some press clippings and so on, and uh, and um, and we are very happy with the with uh, the results. And obviously, the two media outlets we are which are GNN. And the Intercept Brazil also helped us uh, to uh, spread uh, the, the contents of the of the live and also the press release uh, on their own uh, networks. Uh, so it's a uh, it's a great coverage, and we still have today new uh, articles talking about the initiative. So it's uh, something very interesting because we are talking about a, a subject that can be. A bit, a bit complex. Uh, uh, and sorry for the term, but maybe sometimes a bit boring. If you're getting to enter in the details of what, uh, what kind of judicial harassment we are talking about, but with the angle of the video game, it it, it gave a, a clear visibility and and, uh, and 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 once again uh, brought us a new audience. So it's uh, fantastic. It's a double effect, and I think it's this way we can manage to, to have more public debate about uh, fr press freedom. So this kind of initiative is a, uh, is a very uh, important and, and crucial uh, for us to, to help doing uh, media literacy and to talk about the importance uh, to let the journalists work. Mm -hmm. um, I've read that um, the reporters without borders, well, I would say bureaus decide the contents of the uncensored library. That's what I read about. And I wonder, 
why didn't you already make it a part last year when the uh, when the um, project launched wasn't wasn't press freedom such a big um, topic a year ago or wasn't the risk so big did the did the risk increase over the year or what were, were the decision making no, points there so problems aren't uh, new uh, we, we already had case, cases of uh, judicial harassment uh, in journalists uh, last year and the years before no, uh, I'm, I'm, I can't talk on behalf of uh, the responsible of the project in, in, in the rest of Germany, but uh, the idea here is to have a progressive uh, deployment of the project. Uh, so last year was a big launch uh, with some priority countries, uh, and uh, we are working with them together uh, to bring new cases in the region, but um, it... Uh, it doesn't mean that the problems uh, we didn't have a problem last year. Uh, just because it's a very complex and technical uh, project, uh, we are working step by step, uh, and there is a progressive deployment. And this de this decision today, uh, this year, to to go on with Brazil and, and Belarus, as I said, was also um, motivated by the fact that these two countries are uh, going through a very complex uh, uh, period. Uh, but uh, I could talk about judicial harassment in Mexico, in Venezuela, in Nicaragua, in Honduras, uh, in uh, almost all the countries of my region. Uh, but uh, sometimes we have to prioritize. And once again, from, uh, from, from RSF in Germany, there was a deployment. So we're going to see new countries in the next uh, months and years. Yeah, interestingly, it, at the beginning, it wasn't clear which two rooms it's expanding to. So, so my thought was like, okay, they are probably talking about Belarus and Mexico or something. I didn't, I didn't really think that Priscilla was on the picture, honestly. But as we, I said, we had, a, yeah. we had a Mexican room last last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Re then, then I realized you had it already. Um, so, so are there any positive examples? Where the situation actually improved over the last year in the in the region, I mean, in general, I mean, I mean, I mean, the the best the best outcome of the uncensored library would be that at some place a country is getting more democratic and more press freedom, so you can remove the country from the library. Or, 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 or call the uncensored library a reason for a country to improve on press freedom. Perhaps, perhaps I'm talking uh, um, crap here, but that is what I think. That would be a very, very good outcome. I get, I get your point, and 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 we would love to to have these rooms out of the library. Uh, but unfortunately, I, and, I, and I, I'm, I'm more able to talk about Latin America. I'm not going to mm -hmm. talk about the, all, all sure, the other countries. Sure, sure. But, yeah, but, sure. uh, but um, uh, unfortunately, well, we are in a very dark uh, period for press freedom all over the region. Uh, as I said, uh, and what's happening here in Brazil is, is uh, also a reality of other countries of the region. There is um, a banalization. Uh, normalization uh, uh, of uh, the violence uh, against the press uh, and talking about violence it's not only physical violence it's also verbal violence it's also the digital harassment of journalists uh, so we are in a, in a, in a very 
dark uh, moment. And we have a few exceptions in the region where we can say that uh, the journalists can work properly, but very few, uh, few exceptions. And in most of the countries we are working in, uh, we are seeing a, a, a progressive, uh, but, uh, but also stable um, uh, degradation, uh, uh, I don't know if it's the correct word, but um, um, a fall of the level of, of, of freedom of, of the press in almost all the, the country. And a judicial harassment of journalists is one of the very uh, numerous tools that the government can use to silence the critical uh, press. So it's just a small part of the phenomenon. Uh, we have uh, direct censorship, for example, in, in Venezuela, where uh, the proper government uh, close, um, closes the independent media because they are too critical. Uh, we have uh, in uh, Nicaragua the government that organizes uh, the, the shortage of the paper uh, to, to, imp to impeach the journalists to go uh, and to be published. Uh, in Cuba, the, the independent press is uh, uh, forbidden by the, the constitution. Um, so we have a, a whole series of threats against freedom of the press. And once again, judicial harassment is one of them, which, uh, which justified that unfortunately we are uh, in, a, in, a, in a very complex time and the situation is not ready to improve. Uh, and in, in getting back to the, to the subject of, the, of the, the, the library, I can say that unfortunately in the region we are, uh, we are about to, to put more content uh, in, the, in different rooms uh, than the contrary. Uh, okay. it's, a, it's, a, it's a very common pra practice uh, to, to try to silence journalists uh, via, through the judicial, judiciary way. Sorry, I didn't talk, for example, about Peru or Chile, but. Uh, it's, uh, these are two countries where it's a very, very uh, common to see journalists denouncing any kind of uh, uh, problem of corruption, uh, the corruption of the political class, or talking about uh, talking about the, um, uh, the violence from the police, uh, any subject that can accommodate the, the power, uh, uh, be it economical powers, uh, politic political powers, uh, judicial powers. Uh, religious powers. Anytime journalists investigate and publish uh, inf uh, information of public interest against strong uh, and, and very powerful people, they are uh, uh, they are uh, most of the time, and especially in these two countries, um, uh, the victims of judicial harassment. So it's a big problem because uh, one of the first consequences is to uh, is that it generates uh, auto censorship. So journalists attacked. The justice, uh, first of all, have to pay for the lawyers, so it's uh, like uh, economical asphyxia. Uh, and then they are working with the fear to be uh, uh, attacked uh, again. So it's a, it's a very strong uh, problem, and it's uh, unfortunately it's not about to to be uh, it's not about to improve in the next uh, in the next years. You mentioned Venezuela. We had somebody from Venezuela in the podcast before last year. And I mean, Venezuela is a totally different level. He told us, and it's actually true, I read it online, um, you can go into prison for developing video games because developing video games in Venezuela is a crime by the government. <laughs> so, uh, and, and, and actually, he, he told us... Um, the uh, when you when you get a game shipped um, 
the government is actually opening parcels and stealing the contents of parcels. So the Venezuela has not only press freedom problems, but not only corruption problems, but you, you are getting into prison for for stuff like developing video games. That 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 was unthinkable for me before we did this interview with somebody in Venezuela. I I I I I was thinking about that for four days. You know, I couldn't get it out of my head, and I seriously hope that the situation won't get as dramatic um, in in Brazil or Peru. I mean, we we have staff. We have a staff member. One of our graphic artists is sitting yes. in in Lima, in in Peru. So um, that would be pretty pretty bad for us to to mm -hmm. see that even in in Peru it's getting worse. You know, not not only Brazil. So from 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 my understanding, you're saying it's only getting worse, and some countries like Peru will probably catch up. And um, well, get the same issues with press freedom that Priscilla is having already now. Yeah, yeah, but I could talk about Peru, but uh, Chile is also problematic regarding judicial harassment of journalists. Mm -hmm. And as as you mentioned, well, the situation of Venezuela is is uh, is crazy. So you you can you can be put in jail for any kind of reason. Um, <laughs> And th there are several methods to talk about censorship. I'm more able to talk about press freedom than other topics, but um, mm -hmm. <clears throat> you have, for example, the commission that regulates the telecommunications and the frequencies for the radio and the TV. And this commission that works directly uh, with the president Maduro uh, decides in a very a total, uh, totally arbitrary, arbitrary, well, sorry, uh, in a very <laughs> arbitrary way to shut uh, down all the, the, the TV outlets and the radio stations that criticize uh, any kind of, of, of action from the government. So it's, a, it's as simple as that. There was a, a meeting <coughs> with the president and the president said, I didn't like what, what this TV said uh, last day, so we have, we're, we're gonna close it. It's al almost as simple as that. So it's, uh, it's very, very complicated. The question of the access uh, to internet in the countries is also a problem because the, go the government is organizing uh, internet shutdown. For example, when the opposition is going in the streets, yeah. when the leader from the opposition is trying to make a, a, a public statement, uh, they are uh, they are cutting the internet access uh, just not to have a, reper uh, a, co a uh, covering sorry of of a discourse. So it's mm -hmm. this is a big a, a big problem. Um, but yeah, um, it's happening in almost all countries of the region, I would say in the world, uh, the fact that uh, it's, regarding uh, judicial harassment, it's usually the, um, all the uh, all political or representative of the government that are uh, intending and launching the, uh, the procedures uh, against uh, journalists. So it's, it's the same problem. Uh, the, the, the politicians and the, uh, the people are, are at power uh, doesn't want to be criticized and are trying by any way uh, to, to silence the, the critical voices. Uh, and this mm. is why we fight uh, against, because uh, if you don't have uh, investigation journalism, uh, if you don't have people showing uh, the corruption inside the system, well, uh, it leads to, uh, to the end. It leads to, 
to uh, um, some things that is everything but democracy. So it's, it's fundamental to defend the right to inform at the moment and uh, through this kind of initiative and, and through other uh, other ways. But uh, yeah, it's um, uh, I am not bringing a lot of very positive things to the uh, <laughs> to you. Uh, but but uh, honestly, it's a, it's a complex time to be a journalist. Uh, in yeah, I'm, I mean, I mean, for for me, Priscilla was always a role model for you know, if if the society doesn't like something, they go on the street and protest. I mean, here at least in Germany, on the news, we we often had the news like, oh, the Priscillians are on the street again, protesting against something. So I never ever in my dreams I would have thought that somebody like Bolsonaro would come to power. Um, well, what, what I can say is because we are in a very uh, difficult moment regarding the corona coronavirus uh, crisis, so people can't go in the streets. But if they could, uh, at the moment, there would be a lot of people uh, protesting because it's very, very hard, uh, very complex moment for 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 Brazil democracy, right. uh, and um, so. But they just can't go in the street because they are uh, afraid of the virus and they are right. Uh, to to be uh, and the, the management of the, the uh, coronavirus crisis from the federal government and from Bolsonaro is is a disaster, uh, and it's led to the situation we are now. So it's uh, Brazilian people are now very tired, very uh, depressed, very uh, angry against the mm. the, uh, the government, mm. uh, but they don't want to to go out in the streets. But if they could, uh, and, and as you say, there is a real, a real culture of of uh, uh, of, of protests in Brazil, but at the moment people have to stay at home. Uh, but uh, but there is a big big tension in the country at the at the moment. Yeah, um, interestingly, here in Germany, the press is nicknaming Bolsonaro "Tropical Trump." I I don't know if you knew, but uh... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Not not only in Germany, it was uh, one of the nicknames uh, he he had, uh, among others. Uh, <laughs> Okay. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know about this one. But now that uh, Trump uh, is out, um, uh, Bolsonaro has difficulties to, to gain uh, support from the U.S. administration, which is a big problem uh, for for him, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, I mean, I I heard I, I heard other stories from my friends, like um, when when they were planning to get uh, vaccines from India. The Indian government asked the government of Brazil to be very secret, uh, discreet, discreet, and and you know keep it on a low level. And actually, what they did is that they printed they printed on a plane, um, vaccination Brazil, and send it to <laughs> India. <laughs> and um, it didn't show that much. I, I actually have a picture of that. I will put it in the video when when we edit this. And I was like, oh my god, how can how can a president? It was actually the president's son having this idea, doing the opposite of what of what you are told. I, I wonder how how they thought that's going to work. So um, so the the logic the the logic that the government of Brazil and the um, the president is using and his son and also um, doesn't really make much sense. No, it doesn't at, yeah. uh, at any level. Uh, and as I said, 
um, regarding the, ma the management of the, the sanitary crisis, uh, it took a lot of time for the government uh, to understand that uh, the priority uh, is and has to be the vaccination. Uh, mm. So right. it took a lot of time and, and for almost a year, uh, Bolsonaro was uh, minimi minimi minimizing sorry, uh, the gravity of the crisis uh, and yeah. he, pro he himself promoted uh, public agglomerations himself promoted the, uh, the chloroquine uh, uh, medicine and drugs, uh, which uh, were proved to be inefficient. Uh, and he himself said that it was uh, not that necessary to get a vaccine. Uh, right. So, so he, 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 he just created confusion uh, and he, he, he managed to politicize the topic of the, of the, of the sanitarian crisis has become a political uh, issue, which which shouldn't be. It's uh, it's uh, very clear and simple. We have to yeah. get all the population vaccinated if you want to, to move forward. Uh, but until uh, until until one or two weeks ago, because now the figures of the deaths uh, of coronavirus are, 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 are crazy, so it seems that he, he, he realized that the importance to have a federal coordination of the of the fight against the coronavirus. But uh, it took. Almost a year, and during this year, as I took a lot of uh, delay to buy the vaccines for all, mm. from other countries. Uh, he was trying right. to bargain, to negotiate, uh, and so he lost, he lost a lot of time. So that's why the vaccination here uh, will, will take uh, a lot of time, and also considering that there is 200 billion um, habitants here, mm. uh, so, so it's going it's to be a long process. You, you said at the beginning, um, almost all countries in the regions are affected so I, now i'm calling on the almost are there some positive exceptional exam examples in the region T talking about uh press freedom ah, press and freedom. stuff um, yeah well we have we have countries well uh, to be uh to be honest uh, when uh, everything goes well I don't have a lot of work to do, so uh, I can't uh, talk a lot about the countries where there is a great level of press freedom. But uh, I can say that, for example, if you go to uh, Costa Rica or if you go to uh, Uruguay, uh, you have a great level of, uh, of press freedom. Uh, and when I say great level, we are measuring several indicators that uh, show us that there is a great level. There are infrastructures available for the, for the, for the journalists, the, the uh, juridical uh, context or other laws that uh, have to do with the work of the journalists. So there's um, so a number of, of aggressions and attacks against the press, the level of transparency of the authorities. We have uh, like seven indicators that, that allows us to, to show that uh, such a country has a great level of press freedom. And to name two in my regions, yeah, would they say Costa Rica is, a, is a, an exception. Uh, we have very few problems regarding press freedom in this country. And uh, Uruguay, which has all, uh, as well uh, some very interesting uh, laws uh, to, that has to do with, uh, with journalism, but also uh, uh, digital rights, etc. It's, it's kind of a model in the in the region. So we have some great examples, but uh, as I said, um, I'm working in the countries where the situation is, is bad. <laughs> of course, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, you, your work wouldn't be needed as much. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, unfortunately, not only because of the corona pandemic, but also of other factors, 
I mean, I mean, if if you look around, the political situation isn't very good in many countries right now. I mean, look at Turkey, for example, a prime example. Look, look at look at where the where the Nazi parties took power in Austria, Hungary, Poland. And it's it's weird because for me, as a kid of the '90s, I don't remember ever had so much uh, negative development in the leadership and presidentship of countries. And um, and I mean, there's a theory that uh, Bolsonaro and others were elected because the population was tired of promises of other pol politics. Yeah, of well, other you, you know, you grew up in the people. 90s when when things were generally uh, you know it was a it was a different sort of time than now you know there was lots of positivity you know they tore down the wall in in germany and 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 you know there was a lot of stuff going on that was like you know like like yeah we're getting it together but it only takes you know one or two generations to forget what happened you know before that and then we start repeating ourselves mm. yeah no, but in the in uh, Latin America, which is uh, historically a, 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 a complex uh, region with uh, well the, the decolonization, uh, the gain to independence, uh, where and we, we had some a lot of dictator dictatorship in the region, and some of them were uh, uh, removed a few time ago. So the, the democracies in, in Latin America are very young. Uh, we have a, a, a historical story of, of violence in, in most of the, the countries of the region, also because of the uh, uh, drug trafficking, the, 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 the conflict with the U.S. So, for example, in Colombia in the, uh, in the last decades, it was a very, um, a very violent uh, place to, to be and to be a journalist, uh, of course, uh, because, uh, because of uh, the... the the corruption of the politics due to the circulation of drugs and the drug, the, the fight, the fight uh, against communism from the U.S. Uh, with the fight against the, the drug trafficking. It's very complex, and I couldn't uh, enter in details um, right now. Um, but, but yeah, as you said, in, in most of the countries in the world, uh, we are uh, we are observing a tendency to. Uh, to see more authoritarian uh, governments, uh, and um, this is uh, this is very uh, preoccupying um, because um, it's it can be a very um, insidious. Uh, it can be done in very insidious way. So you, you you for example the arrival of Bolsonaro here, few people was uh, prepared. Uh, few people saw that coming, uh, and uh, it was it was also elected as you say. Because there was there was a huge reject of uh, the uh, called uh, PT, which is uh, the, the Workers' Party that was led by the ex President Lula during uh, a lot of years so with Lula and then with Dilma Rousseff, and uh, Bolsonaro was also elected because there was a huge reject uh, of uh, of the Lula administration of the PT administration. Uh, and uh, the discourse of Bol Bolsonaro was to be elected was quite simple. It's, uh, we are going to do ex the exact opposite uh, as uh, Lula uh, has, has been doing for years, and we're going to fight against against corruption. And with this simple message, he managed to be uh, to be to be elected. Uh, and it's uh, it's a problem because there is, there was a need of education. They would have 
be needed uh, more education about who is Bolsonaro because uh, a lot of people already knew that he was a very dangerous guy, that he had absolutely no consideration with the human rights. Uh, and I, I could talk during hours about uh, how, how, how is Bolsonaro, but uh, yeah, work in the field of, of human rights, of defending uh, women rights, uh, LGBT rights. Uh, well, he doesn't have any kind of consideration for, for this kind of, 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 of subjects and, and values. And, and, um, and his uh, incapacity to lead the country is, is more than visible today. So uh, it was, uh, as I was a big problem during the campaign uh, to, to identify what are the stakes, what and what are the dangers represented by uh, Bolsonaro, uh, which is now using tools from the, the dictatorship, uh, laws from the ex-dictatorship of Brazil to silence uh, political opponents, journalists, uh, YouTubers, this is a, a big topic in the moment in Brazil. So there is a, a called uh, law of um, uh, uh, national protection, which uh, was created during the, during the dictatorship and is using the same law that wasn't uh, uh, suppressed, that is still here and available, and, and is using it uh, now uh, more and more uh, to put uh, political opponents, journalists, lawyers, uh, any kind of critical voices in jail, uh, and or to, to, to do uh, uh, judicial uh, threats. Uh, the message now is, if you are uh, criticizing uh, the, actual, the, 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 the Brazilian government or the president himself, you can go to jail. This is uh, what's happening uh, right now, uh, and we are in 2021. Uh, so it's uh, it's uh, it's very very sad, uh, but it's a lot of work for us to remind that uh, it's very important to have uh, public uh, debate, to have uh, a pluralism, uh, independent press. Uh, but uh, the, the supporters of Bolsonaro are very, very organized and aggressive, and they are, they are very mm -hmm. uh, simplistic uh, vision of the world. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, so if you're not uh, with Bolsonaro, you, you are necessarily uh, against him. And if you uh, are a journalist and if you criticize uh, Bolsonaro, you are a, a communist. It's as simple as that. So there is a, a world which is black or white, and on uh, one side, <laughs> One other, it's a very polarized uh, society now, uh, and uh, and uh, and any time that a journalist publishes something that he doesn't like, he say that uh, it's fake news or uh, it's made by communists. It's as simple as that. So uh, we have to do education uh, and to show that uh, obviously there is in any kind of uh, reductions, different opinions. It's important to promote the plurality. <coughs> Sorry diversity of opinions and this is how a young audience can make their, their own opinion okay so we're working on this but uh, it's uh, it's a lot of work it's a lot of work actually so so how do you protect yourself i mean i mean you must be also under attack i'm talking about journalists and stuff but but you are kind of the advocate for their rights so you must be under digital harassment yourself in a way and and even worse perhaps well we we obviously uh all being attacked and sometimes uh, threatened uh after after some of our publications for example uh in february this year we we made a, a 
advertising campaign with the image of uh, the President Bolsonaro uh, naked. Uh, the campaign is called the Naked Truth. <laughs> and, you, mm. and you can see Bolsonaro half naked with uh, some uh, text uh, on his body with the number of, of, of deaths uh, and uh, people contaminated by the virus. And uh, the message that was behind that was to show that uh, um, Bolsonaro um, is um, attacking the journalists to hide his incapacity to lead with the crisis. And it's uh, more important now than ever to uh, defend and promote the independent journalism, because if, if uh, there was not journal independent journalism, we couldn't know about what's happening in the country regarding this crisis. So that's an example. It, after we published these campaigns, a lot of, of, of attacks uh, uh, arrived. We were prepared for that, obviously, um, for working in a, uh, in a media freedom press organization. We have some internal uh, dispositions to get uh, protected uh, in the digital area, but also in the physical, uh, well, in the real world, let's say like that. We are prepared for any kind of, of, of attack. So we took some dispositions, but uh, yeah, well, there was a lot of insults, uh, some uh, judi judicial threats uh, as well. But, uh, but to be honest, from our position, we are working with cases of journalists, mostly women journalists in Brazil, that are receiving attacks of, uh, of a brut a brut brutality that you can't imagine. So it's, it's, uh, here we call it um, um, linchamento digital, which basically means uh, um, digital uh, assassination. It's, it's almost the term. Uh, so you, you can be attacked by the, the supporters of Bolsonaro on the social networks uh, very quickly and with the level of, 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 of violence, uh, which is, uh, which is uh, impressive, uh, really impressive. So mm -hmm. we are working with journalists that are really under, under, under threat and being attacked on a day-to-day -day basis. But regarding our team at RSF, we are, we are, we are so far okay uh, with that. Wow, wow. So, um, I mean, I mean, I mean, I, I wonder, you are from France, I guess. Uh, did, yes. did you, did you choose to move to a, to a hot area on, um, on, on I, I don't know, on your own initiative? Thinking like, yes, I want to, I want to work for Report Without Borders in such a heated area and risk risk my reputation and risk my life maybe even i mean i mean that must that must be a hard job to do well i i have a, a personal connection with brazil so i was already in, in rio when uh, the possibility to work at rsf uh, uh, arrived mm. Uh, mm. but I, i i was and i, I am still a journalist uh, and i was also uh, always been preoccupied by the question of uh, regarding press, press freedom, freedom of information. Uh, so it was a, an opportunity for me, but to be, to be honest, uh, I, uh, I was already living in Brazil, which is uh, away from all that I'm uh, telling you, uh, a fantastic country uh, uh, with fantastic people. The Brazilians are very um, welcoming and optimistic uh, people, uh, despite all, the, all the, the situation and the problems they are facing. And so, Yeah, I, 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 I had fell in love with Brazil before uh, joining uh, RSF, uh, but, um, 
but yeah no it's um, as i said my my position uh, is not the most dangerous uh, considering all the people i'm, I'm talking with uh, so we have for example representatives and correspondent in mexico and and colombia that uh, uh, have, uh, and honduras as well so, that have already been already been following the streets and received death threats that have to stop working for for uh, uh, sometimes a long a long a long period uh, to be forgotten and uh, to 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 well to protect their, their their own lives. So, from our position, it's okay. But uh, I, I can say that uh, some journalists in, for example, in Mexico are uh, are, are fearing with their, with their lives uh, every day. So we are. Uh, we are, um, our, our duty is to show and to defend these, these people. Uh, and here in Brazil, we are, we are not that bad, I'd say. Not yet, at least. Well, yet. Let's, let's, let's hope it's improving rather than getting worsened, you know? Yeah. Um, so, so can you talk about the future plans for the expansion of the um, uncensored library, or is that a secret you don't want to share? I mean, you don't have to share secrets with us, of course. We don't want to make your situation worse by mm. telling us something you shouldn't. Well, um, it's not a secret, but as I told you, the, the project is uh, uh, leaded from our self-Germany. So sure. uh, I, sure. I, I can tell you much more than that. I know that the project <laughs> is, will uh, keep living uh, there, okay. there will be new room openings for sure and uh, regarding the context i was uh, describing i think that uh, it's more than necessary mm. uh, but yeah in the region we are will keep uh, talking about the project uh, which allows us to talk about the problem of citizenship other uh, with a bigger bigger picture uh, but regarding the expansion of the library itself i i, I can't say uh, much more than uh, uh, than that because I'm not the, the one uh, in charge. Of course, of course. Okay, okay. Yeah, I see. Well, wonderful. So I'm I'm really happy to see that um, the yeah. expansion actually improved the situation in Brazil. Um, now we we spoke briefly. I don't, I, I don't know if it improved the situation. Yeah, of, but but the awareness. Of, of the awareness. Calling, just calling the attention awareness. to it. It's it's yeah, it's exactly. a, awareness. Yeah. Awareness. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, no, no, okay, I, I voted people, it wrong. I'm sorry for people, that. People, but, but then, you know, it can't change unless people know about it. So that's right. the first step. Right, yeah. right, right. Make people aware. And, mm -hmm. and, and I know um, the game industry, so um, the people you are targeting with uh, Minecraft, uh, um, Ancestor Library is big. I mean, I mean... Um, over here in the metro area, um, the uh, Brazilians are very known for having stuff that, that is nowhere else. So I'm pretty much aware of that. Um, how about Belarus? I mean, is, is, um, is that another section of RSF that is uh, managing that, I guess? That is yeah. not you. Right. No, no. I, I, I'm, I'm in charge of uh, Latin America. So, right. But I can, I can make the bridge with uh, our, uh, if you want to quote or something, with uh, our head of the Eastern Europe uh, um, director, which is based in Paris. But uh, yeah, I'm not. Um, I, well, um, I can say much about Belarus. Um, uh. 
Mm. Well, just the fact that uh, since a few months, as you know, there is a political uh, a crisis and there is a, uh, a real uh, hunt of, uh, of journalists uh, in the country. A lot of wow. journalists are being jailed uh, and, uh, and, and silenced and uh, we are uh, working with a lot of preoccupation Mm -hmm. uh, on the, the Belarusian situation. But uh, I can't give you more details uh, because uh, we have someone uh, in charge at RSF. I can give you the, uh, the, the contact, but uh, well. And you can find in the RSF website uh, some updates about, uh, <laughs> uh, about, uh, about the situation there. Uh, a lot of press releases were published in the last uh, weeks to describe uh, all the different attacks um, that uh, the Belarus journalists are, are suffering. I, I guess it already tells that you said the responsible person for Belarus is sitting in per Paris and not in the country itself, that it would probably be too dangerous to have the person sitting there in the country itself. So. Yeah, yeah, which is the case of uh, quite a lot of countries in the world. We can uh, we can't open an office in China. We can't open an office in uh, North Korea. We can't right. open an office in Cuba and Venezuela. But we, we have um, uh, ge geographical uh, logic. So we have a head of uh, region uh, uh, away from Paris. So we have an office in Washington from North America, for example. Mm -hmm. Of the, the, the Rio's office for Latin America, we have an office in Tunis for the north of Africa, mm -hmm. we have an office in Taipei for the, uh, the eastern part of Asia, uh, working with China, which is very complex, but we, we can do that since Taipei and Taiwan, uh, we couldn't do it uh, from China. Uh, we have an office in Brussels uh, as well to also make the bridge with the European institutions, and we have uh, also uh, an office in uh, in uh, London, uh, which is also working on uh, priority com um, campaigns, uh, fundraising, uh, among uh, other other things. But our force, our strength, is to work with a network of correspondents on the field. So we have in almost all the countries where we work for, and almost other countries in the world. Um, we have correspondents that are helping us to identify the most important cases, to analyze the cases, to document the cases, uh, and to, as a, this correspondent, our bit of our, our eyes and ears on the field, and and allows us to have a, a, a greater uh, uh, understanding of uh, of, uh, of of what's happening, and will help us to 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 to, to make new partnerships, uh, new projects, new communications. So this is how we work. Uh, we are. Uh, we have ge geographical offices such as mine, uh, but uh, we work um, uh, with this correspondence on the field, uh, which uh, helps us a lot to be credible and, and to understand the situation in the better way possible. Hmm. I mean, I mean, I'm really thankful that you take the time talking to us. I mean, generally we are an independent retro publication, but um, I, I found no, it very better. important. It's found it very important last year to cover this, you know, when we talked uh, to to Germany, and now I found it very important. That is why I called you on your mobile phone to have this follow up. How the situation in um, in South America is, Latin America is, and especially Brazil, since I'm um, since I'm connected to that country myself a lot. I, at least I consider myself connected to it. Yeah. No, thanks for, for doing this uh, this job. It's very uh, very important as well to yeah. see that there is interest and uh, to do the follow up. It's just not the moment. It's a, it's a tendency, so it's very important to have you guys as well. Sure. Right. So sure. thanks for that. 
Okay. See you. All right. Thank See you. you. Bye. Bye-bye.